Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Sixers Draft Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Daniel Oinder. Today, joined by CJ Marchesani from the Stepien, an excellent, an excellent site that's probably like the most gra- groundbreaking site historically in terms of NBA draft, like scouting, like in tw- NBA draft Twitter, just unbelievable stuff. And CJ's an unbelievable guy. CJ, how are you doing today? Doing great. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, and today we're going to talk about a prospect that we disagreed about on Twitter, which I thought would make for some great discussion um, because, you know, it is fun to talk with people like when you both have the same opinion, but it's also good when you can respectfully disagree and offer new opinions to it. So, uh, yeah. uh, CJ, do you want to introduce everybody who we're talking about? Sure. One of my favorites um, overall and for Sixers specific, uh, Deuce McBride. Yeah, and when he says Deuce McBride, Deuce is a nickname. Yes. His name is Miles McBride. But, I mean, that does have to go into the draft evaluation that Deuce is one of the best nicknames in the entire draft. Like, that, I, that's like a two or three spots on the board level nickname. Yeah, I just – though I mean, like, it was so cool being able to type in my folder when I watched West Virginia versus VS, VCU, uh, Bones Highland versus Deuce McBride, just yeah. excellent names. Um, but, yeah, Deuce is twenty about 21 years old. He at the combine measured out at just under six three in shoes, um, about a six nine wingspan. He was he's at, so I'm guessing if you could hear those heights, he's pretty much a guard for West Virginia this past year. Averaged around sixteen point seven points per game, five point one assists per game, four point one rebounds per game, two point one steals per game, and yeah, like do you want to give the initial like pitch for like go over some of his? Let's start with his offense. Like I think one of the biggest strength is strengths for him is the shot which he shot around 40% from three this past year. And while not all of them were on his, like, so there was like variety of like just standstill catch and shoots and he can shoot off the dribble. And like, if you watch him play, like the thing that stands out is, I mean, he is a pretty athletic guy, a lot of strength at around six, three, 195 pounds. I believe he used to play football. One of those things that gets brought up and has really good leaping ability has like some decent shooting indicators. Like, that's actually, if I'm talking about the positives reduced first, is that I do believe he'll shoot it at the NBA level. Yeah, of course. And I think especially, you know, I'm a big Sixers fan. So coming from the Philly perspective, whenever you're talking about draft prospects around Joe, and I guess we'll see what happens with Ben, but let's assume he's here. The number one thing that gets brought up is will he shoot? And like you mentioned, Deuce will shoot. He's more of a two-level scorer at the moment. He, he doesn't really get to the rim yeah. all that well but he's a good pull-up shooter like you mentioned he's a he's got a really really quick like stop on the dime mid-range pull-up as like guys are still trying to recover blow by him kind of thing really nice there and he's uh off the top of my head i think it's a 91st 92nd percentile catch and shoot shooter so that's another thing when you're playing on like that contending team with ben and joe it's good to have a guy that can shoot off the ball too and you alluded, Deuce is going to be able to do all those things. And, you know, from the Sixers perspective, they don't have that many guys that can both dribble and shoot. The list is like Tobias Harris, Shake Milton, sometimes Tyrese Maxey. I would, I would count Seth. Yeah, Seth, Seth definitely picked up a little bit that last year. But like if you're giving Seth a lot of dribble responsibilities, it's probably not something that's going to end up too well. Yeah, and Deuce, like like you said, his catch and shoot, it's all looked pretty good. Um, I would one thing I noticed on the pull up, his form on the pull ups kind of reminded me of Anthony Edwards at Georgia. I don't know if that makes sense. Where it's kind mm-hmm. of like near the side of his head. He, it doesn't look like he when he misses, it's usually a little bit long. Like he has some hard misses off the back rim, but 
he can almost always get it off because of the elevation, because of the weight. He like has that little high release point, which and like yeah, I don't I don't think I expect him to be like. I mean, part of like not getting to the rim, like part of it is he. I think he loves the little mid range pull up a little too much. Yeah, just part of it. Like, mm. and he did not shoot great on those. Like, it wasn't like astronomically bad, but mm. it was not probably good enough to the point where, if he was in an NBA offense, you would say, "Hey, Deuce, that's your shot." Yeah. Um, and I think like in terms of getting in the rim, he can do it sometimes. I, I don't think his handle's quite the part of the reason is the handle is like, well, not bad. It's not quite good enough. Like he's not really deceiving anyone and get blowing by them. And while I do think he's like good athletically, I don't see a ton of like just over. I don't, I don't even know if it's like because he does have burst, but it's not overwhelming in the sense that just when you're at his height, a little under six three, if you're not like generational out of this world athlete you're really just not overwhelming people like i mentioned Ant edwards say like you know a big difference is well we knew ant could get to the room because ant's a six six wrecking ball mm. who like broke athletic testing records like we kind yeah. of knew oh it, it, he's gonna do it if he wants yeah, so I, yeah, sorry, yeah. I, I think that it's not necessarily that deuce can't finish when he gets there like you allude to he's a pretty good athlete he's actually a very good leaper for a guy his size and the long wingspan helps so he can get up and finish but he's more of a finish at the rim like off of cuts and off ball movement kind of thing because he he isn't you you kind of mentioned he's not not bursty but he's not especially like terrifically bursty he's not beating guys clean so what he does he's he gets that like half step edge and he struggles to turn that half step step edge into a rim opportunity and instead he settles for the beat a guy originally pull up with the advantage you know he can't maintain the advantage all the way to the rim which maybe isn't necessarily a bad thing especially when you consider on a team in his draft range or especially the Sixers he's not really going to be the primary guy that's kind of a bit of the draw for Deuce is you can feel confident in his ability to run a NBA offense like as a backup point guard right just baseline even if he's just a backup point guard prospect he was one of the top assist to turnover guys in the league but he also can play off the ball. So he has equity in both spots. I don't know if I would entrust him with like running offenses, the backup point guard. I do think he'd have handling reps of a possession. And like you said, in terms of the passing, like I generally viewed it as a plus for him. Like I think his best kinds of passes were he's good at like, once the ball gets inbounded, if a guy's open up ahead, he'll hit it in transition. He looks for that. And when he does get by people, he's decent at like, part of this is the way West Virginia was built with so many bigs around him, like at the rim, like when he drives, like having guys to dump down to, like he's pretty decent at those passes. I don't think you like in terms of pick and roll reads, like I didn't see a ton there that made me thought, Oh, they can run this guy in like a lot of pick and roll at the NBA level. And he'll pick a defensive part. He'll make them punish for mistakes. Cause honestly, if you gave, if I was to guess what an NBA defense would do against deuce in a pick and roll, they either switch, they honestly probably just play it and drop and bet that Deuce isn't going to make enough of those middies to hurt them because yeah. he's very willing to take them, which I think can be a problem. And then in terms of like off-ball movement, it's interesting what you said as a, him as a cutter. I maybe didn't see that as much, but I do – that definitely has some help because that's also with the shot. Like, while he is very good catch and shoot and can hit off the dribble, I did not see tons in terms of like what I call movement shooting, especially off-ball. It's one of my favorite prospects in the class, Kessler Edwards. That's one of his biggest sells, like – he can run off a lot of screens and he's going to turn into that shot and he can hit it. And that's such a tough skill to have. Like we saw for the Sixers with Seth Curry, like 
these teams, you set a pin down. It's like if the defender's trailing, he'll get it off and he'll make it. And mm-hmm. that's just such a weapon to have. And I don't really think that's Deuce's kind of best thing. So I'm wondering, like, so his traits are either he's just spotting up outside. like, And if you're playing off Joel Embiid, that still has value. It's not, like, incredibly valuable, but still, it's like you can spot up there. Or he needs to have the ball in his hands to kind of do his thing. And I just kind of like seeing more in terms of that. Yeah, and I think that's fair. I think that especially the passing and the backup point guard thing, he's probably never going to be entrusted to run an offense for a long period of time, but he's not a bad passer. I think it's more he's a reactionary passer as opposed to a proactive passer, right? Like in the pick and roll, he can make the right reads when he sees them, but he doesn't really manipulate the floor. He's kind of like a right thing over and over again kind of guy, but it's not, there's nothing particularly special about his passing as much as much as it's just correct, if that makes sense. Like he kind of does the right thing, but I do have a little bit more faith in his ability off the ball than the catch and shoot. Like you said, around Joe, it's very helpful, but a lot of the concerns that we have for Deuce are as a primary guy against the initial set floor. And I think all of those bursts and mid-range shot and not getting to the rim issues become a lot more toned down when he's attacking closeouts and attacking slanted floors from the advantages that are created by the Joel Embiid's or the Ben Simmons in transition, that kind of thing. So I think he definitely has, I, I think honestly his best role and his most valuable role in the league is going to be that off the ball guard that fits with the jumbo Ben Simmons creator, right? I know we'll get into the, all the stuff that he brings on the defensive end, but at least on the offensive end, he hits shots off of that guy and specifically off of Ben can create his own pull-up look, end of shot clock, break glass in case of emergency, that kind of thing in a way that Ben really can't besides just like putting his shoulder down. So it might not be the most efficient form of offense and Deuce probably won't be that most efficient scorer, but I think, when he gets scaled down from that role that we saw at West Virginia, where he's the guy to he's not the guy anymore. And he's shooting catch and shoots and attacking slanted floors and making the right read off of all of those man advantages. I think that that kind of situation maybe plays the strengths a bit more than even West Virginia. did. No. Yeah. It's what, what you said there about the reactionary passing is very true. I'm like, and I mean, there's, I, I generally when a guy is like just decent as a passer as a prospect I like him somewhat for the Sixers because for years the Sixers have been one of the worst passing teams in the NBA just like I think I said on the last pod or something a pod a few oh, recently where I mean love Josh Richardson as a guy dude could not throw passes like just yeah. they were inaccurate all the time and Tobias Harris like not a great passer Embiid's gotten better because he draws with gravity but not a great passer Ben, I, ben Simmons, I almost view as like the ultimate reactionary passer, where it's like, I don't think Ben manipulates stuff, but it's just like, if there is any hole, he'll find it. Of course, it's hard to find those holes when teams stop guarding you, but it's a whole nother thing. Um, and then what you said too about like scaling down, because I mean, he had a 54 true shooting percentage this past year, which is not good. But then again, it's like, like you said, like, I think as our friend, mutual friend Mark Schindler said, like someone has to take the shot mm. and they can only post up Derek Culver so many times. Uh, Sean McNeil can hit threes, but he can't not, he's not necessarily going to create them for himself too often. Like eventually someone had to score and deuce probably having the best handle on this team and the best pull up jumper on his team. It's like, well, I guess it's him. And he decided to try and do that. And like, I, so I definitely like offensively, I generally view deuce as a positive, like, and that he'll be like, 
at least at an NBA level, you can you can play Deuce in a good offensive lineup is basically like the idea. But I do worry about how I've always said I want the Sixers after this last year to have more size off the bench because the bench ended up being Dwight Howard and four guys, six, five and under. And at Deuce's height, I just worry about that because they're bringing back George Hill, I'm pretty sure. They're, I mean, Tyrese Maxey is certainly a part of the future. They still have Seth Curry. Shake Milton is, I mean, maybe Shake the other trade, but I would think Shake's going to be back too. Like, at least in terms of a very Sixer specific drafting perspective, would you worry at all about just, they just cannot, can, they need some wings. Like, they can't just have a ton of small guards for, and like yeah. expect to get away with it. Yeah, of course. And that's fair because there are only so many guard minutes that you can play. I think some of it helps because. Maxi and Shake specifically, not so much George Hill, but Maxi and Shake specifically are so, their value is so predicated on having the ball in their hand, right? Like Shake is a fine catch and shoot guy, but like he's the kind of guy that catches the ball and like puts the ball on the floor. He's much more comfortable with the ball in his hand. Maxi's much more comfortable in his ball with the ball in his hand. And, and I'll just let Deuce know right now, he's not getting reps over Maxi this next year. <laughs> of course not. No, I think the allure for the Sixers as far as Deuce is concerned, is as an off-ball prospect. And we talked, you know, on Twitter a little bit about Kessler Edwards, and I am more down on Kessler just as a prospect overall. But I do see the allure of that kind of guy. Like before Julian Champagne pulled out, he was a guy that I really liked at that late first-round spot for the Sixers. And and so the big wing is definitely, um, definitely something that I would like to see. But one of the biggest, and you kind of alluded to it with the passing thing, one of the biggest weaknesses in the Sixers offense I've seen over the last couple of years is they just have no dynamic players. Like even Tobias, when he gets to his, like he can hit the catch and shoot and he can get to his pull up a little bit, but nobody that like does, like throws passes in any way that even like hits the open guy. Everybody's a little bit one dimensional and it's cool to see an off-ball player have multiple dimensions. Like, he can do things. He can shoot it. He can put the ball into the floor. He can, when he's getting to the rim, he could, like, dunk it a little bit. And the Sixers have have lacked a little bit of dynamic ability where Deuce can, like, shoot off the pull-up. And he can do so many things well that I can envision him sliding into an offense and making it more, or let's say, le- less easy to guard you know the Sixers are relatively easy to guard you just cover Joel and then like swarm everybody else after you make them give up the ball and I think Deuce gives them a or would hypothetically give them a dynamic weapon that can do things which is a low bar but it's a bar that the Sixers don't cross very often I get what you're saying there and like I did talk again I talked about this with Mark where we were saying how the Sixers really like could use a lot more versatility within their lineup. Mm-hmm. So you look at it, it's like, I mean, a good example to see is they obviously lost in the conference finals, but they did so after losing their best player. You look at the Clippers, part of their strength was, oh, they can play so many different ways. Yeah. And even a guy who like, I generally don't like as a player, but I kind of understood the value of him after this playoff and Marcus Morris. It's that, you know what you can do with Marcus Morris? You can play him in any lineup mm-hmm. because he can fill a multitude of roles. Whereas yeah. the Sixers have a lot of guys where it's like, well, he can do this lineup he can do this role. It's like, yeah. but don't ask him to do this because that's not going to work out well. And that's just a problem. Um, and that's cut. That's actually why I'm so big on like wings. Cause I just feel like wings are usually the guys like, yep, you can play. That's, I mean, again, a guy like Marcus Morris, he has the size, 
if you have size and you can shoot, you can generally play in a lineup. Mm-hmm. Size, I would say size shooting and like, as long as your feet aren't like made out of concrete, like as long as you can yeah. just not get killed on defense and you can, you bring size and spacing, like you're basically just plug you into any lineup and you're probably fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I mean, again, like Deuce, like probably can do the, he has the shooting, he has probably the ability to move his feet, but I, the size again is the big word for me. Um, You've mentioned him as an off ball cutter. Uh, could you like talk a little bit more about the strengths there? Cause like, that's not something I saw as much, but I would love to hear like how you think he brings us that. Yeah. I don't know if he's necessarily a cutter, like a good cutter as much as his ability to get to the rim is better when he's in that off ball role, like lob threat, that kind of thing. You know, I don't think he's a weapon as a cutter by any means. Obviously that's something that be, can be grown. But if I'm talking about like just simply rim impact, I prefer his rim impact from an off ball position than an on ball position. And I honestly just think thinking about it more, like it's hard to judge him as a cutter at all. When again, like at West Virginia, he was giving the ball so much. It's like, yeah, you can't cut when you're being asked to run the pick and roll yourself. Like, and you could see like, it's different when, I mean, I think the best backdoor and cut probably the best overall cutter in the class by wide wide March and Joel Ayayi from Gonzaga. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, he played with Jalen Suggs and Corey Kispert and Art, Art and Nemhard having the ball all the time. It's like they run a pick and roll at top. Everyone forgets about him because he's like the fourth guy on the team, backdoor, easy layup. Like, yeah. maybe, I mean, like, what do you think Deuce McBride's season looks like if you just switch him in July, switch their roles yeah. entirely? And that's the thing. I think a lot of his criticisms as a prospect come from the primary role that he was asked to play at West Virginia. I think he's a really smart basketball player. His stat profile is really nice. And I envision him, not to keep using the stupid buzzword, but I envision him scaling down into that off-ball role really well because he's so smart and versatile. He does so many things well. And that is something that I value in off-ball players. I'm not a big proponent of, let's say, the specialist, right? The specialist role. I, I value guys that can do have a multitude of NBA skills at above the threshold needed to be an NBA player. And Deuce brings that. And to your point about the size that we need that I don't even necessarily disagree with. I agree. I just think in this particular draft, if you go hunting for bigger wings, it's, it's not the best value proposition just from the talent of the players. It used to be a deeper draft in that when we had like Marcus Bagley and champagne, who I liked a lot, but don't forget Terrence Shannon jr. Yeah. TSJ is gone. But now, like, there's almost no chance that Trey Murphy, who I like a lot, makes it to the Sixers, right? Just from my point of view, I'm lower on Kessler Edwards than a lot of people are. After that, like, the cupboard's kind of empty there. You know, there's not there's not a ton of great options that you would put first-round grades on if you were making up. So it's kind of like a guard-by-default kind of thing, just because that those are the players I like in this class. I mean, you have guys like Aaron Henry, like, has tools that – I think yeah. Aaron Henry is like, it kind of feels like reductive, but he offers similar things to Terrence Shannon Jr., but just like less impressive to me overall. Um, if you're looking at a guy like he might be there at 50, like in terms of like shooting, like you talk about shooting size and maybe good enough defensively, doesn't get killed. Sam Hauser out of Virginia interests me mm-hmm. just in terms of like lights out shooter, has the size, and I think defensively might have just enough to survive. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, I get what you're saying there. Um, Let's move on to Deuce's defense because this probably gets talked about a lot. And I don't want to come off like too hard as you like always like I want you always like say when you're evaluating guys are like covering a league, like you want these guys to succeed. You want them to prove you wrong. Mm. I think his defense is a little overrated overall. Mm. Um, 
I think he has great tools for point of attack defense, just like we said, like quick feet, strength, and long wingspan, like check, check, check. Yeah. And I think he does have like really great flashes where when it's all working right, like you see the vision of like just, oh, this guy just like we, we like I'm sure you understand it. Like we've all everyone's talked about before, like there's a limit to how great point of attack defense is to mm-hmm. like there's a reason that the defensive player is almost a center because, yeah, usually the guy protecting the rim is the most important. He has the highest defensive usage. Most of the stuff, most of the most important stuff and most of the stuff a defense can actually affect happens at the rim. And that's why it's so important. But I feel like he gets way too over aggressive at times, especially when he gets slotted off ball, on ball too sometimes. But off ball, like he has these weird possessions where he goes into like a top lock or a face guard mm-hmm. out of nowhere, just like for no other reason than I feel like he just decides like, I'm not letting this guy get the ball. And it comes back to bite him sometimes. Cause like, I remember he one time like stepped up way too far on Jared Butler. And then you, you step too far up on Jared Butler. It's a drive and then dump down into an easy bucket. Like that's a guy, like another guy who health, I mean, health permitting, like Jared Butler, hope everything's yeah. okay there. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's an NBA level guard in Jared Butler. Like, yeah, you can't do that against him. That's yeah. a mistake. Or, but then also like, off the ball like I remember it was against Oklahoma State Cade Cunningham was like driving the lane and he is for some reason like face guarding slash top locking ice likely in the corner like what are you doing man like ice isn't a threat to shoot he might backdoor you actually that could be the problem and I would also whenever Cade has the ball I would at least want to be able to know where Cade is considering who he is but I just feel like he gets way too over aggressive at times I don't think his like and I think he also gives up I can talk more about it but I've been talking for too long so Maybe you can go back, push back on what I said, or maybe if you agree, I don't know. I think I'll start on ball. I think he's actually an excellent on ball defender. I think a lot of the times that he gets beat on ball, it's because his lateral ability is so good that he trusts his feet a little bit too much, you know, and he presses that's, that's a, a bit, great point because I presses I a bit too high. He kept getting beat off of that. Like mm-hmm. it kept looking like he was sliding, like he was um, so like he's not his butt isn't to the baseline, but his hip is to the baseline. He's like perfectly parallel with that mm. horizontally. And he's giving up the guy like the driving lane, which I didn't like to let guys get a lot of paint touches, but yeah, I keep yeah. going. Yeah. So he, his lateral quickness is really unmatched, especially with the strength that he brings. Like there was a possession in the Baylor game. He took Davion Mitchell on the post and walked him down into the post under oh, the yeah. basket and just like laid and it up on him. We didn't mention an offense, but he can post up other guards. Absolutely. He can do that. Yeah. So he's very strong and he's very quick. And he's good at getting his hands out and chest, right? Like everything that you teach, he gets beat from time to time because he like trusts it a little too much. But I think when you're in the NBA and you're going against that level of guard, it's better to have the tools and have to tweak the mentality a bit. Like, okay, like you're not going to be able to press like Steph Curry, Damian Little, the guys that can just like fly by you, you know? And I think it's more a mentality tweak because he really is as good of a guard defender on ball as you can have skill wise and body wise, you know, he keeps people in front of them and nobody keeps everybody in front of them, but his strength causes turnovers on the ball. And he really can press guys. I understand the off ball concerns a little bit more. I think the wingspan is good to see because I had initial concerns about how a six two guard if he maybe only had a six four, six five wingspan, can affect the game given NBA spacing, you know. But it, you, if you close your eyes, you can kind of figure out how the six eight, six nine wingspan, like it doesn't matter where somebody's head is at in relation to their feet in off ball defense, like the wingspan. 
is very helpful. But I think overall, he's a creative defender and he's a objectively physically talented and good defender. Like you can see what he does is really, really impressive a lot of the time. And I would rather have a guy like that that I need to maybe teach the subtleties to or tweak the mindset and maybe like it's a scouting report thing. Like you press this guy, you don't press this guy, you know, it's easier to teach that stuff than to teach a guy to have Deuce McBride kind of lateral agility, strength, wingspan combination. That's not a thing that you can teach. So I would rather teach him to, you know, tone it back and use these skills in a slightly more productive way. Because even at that college level where, you know, he, he had some, some tweaks that needed to be done. He created a ton of events. He's a big time event creator and he wasn't a negative defender. He just got beat from time to time, you know? So you tighten that stuff up, but there aren't many better equipped guards to defend guards in this draft than Deuce, in my opinion, anyway. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What you said there about his, him being overconfident, like it shows up especially on that in terms of like sliding, just like getting too far up on guys or trusting that if he gives them an angle to the rim, he can recover. And mm-hmm. I think it's just a really good call because I also noticed it like, I think I noticed I wrote it down a few times that he's a little overconfident in his leaping ability, at least on offense too, where like he'll sometimes go up for these wild dunks or like just, he, he does seem like a guy who's very confident that like, I am one of the best athletes on the floor. I have athletic gifts that I can use, which, I mean, we love confidence. There is also a time where you're like, Hey, yeah, again, it's like these other NBA athletes, they're pretty good athletes too. Yeah. They are, they can still get to the rim versus you. They can, they can still elevate with you sometimes. Like mm-hmm. you need to be aware of that. Um, I, yeah, I just, and I get what you're saying definitely about like, just again, like you said, like the tools are there, the tools are most definitely there. And I, the mindset, well, I do think he gets caught. Like, I don't love it when guys like get a little lazy off ball. And like, there was like a few possessions of him where guys would like either shake up from one side or like just move along the perimeter and he just loses them for a sec. It's like, mm-hmm. again, I don't know if that's more effort more than it's just like, head turning like understanding positioning but I don't love that but I do think generally he looks engaged most of the time so it's probably not an effort thing which I mean that's usually just the one thing that scares me when it feels like a guy's not like super engaged at that end and not to interrupt but another thing that like you need to keep in mind when we're talking about Deuce here is when he jumps to this next role in the NBA right he's not a 35 minute per game with the ball in his hands every play you know like part of that taking away the offensive responsibility allows him to maybe focus a little bit more on the defensive responsibility. Yeah, no, another great point is just like, he's not going to be doing the same thing he did at West Virginia. Like, exactly. And that's actually another one I wanted to point out, like, and thinking positively about his defense. I understand it works because West Virginia has had a good defense for a very long time. They were as a whole, if I said, like I said, Deuce was over aggressive, but the whole West Virginia as a whole, their defense is over aggressive to me. Just like I, I tweeted out earlier today, there was a screenshot where they played, I mean, Deuce chased over a ball screen. Derek Culver was in high drop and Sean McNeil helped strong side off a shooter. It was like all three of them on the ball. It's like, guys, like chill out. You do not all need to run at whoever's dribbling. Like 
this is it's, it's okay to back up a little bit. They're co- college guys. They'll miss some shots. They're not. This isn't like Dame or Steph where you just have to send everyone at them. Like you can calm down a bit. But um, I mean, yeah. The I, like I said it before. My main concern was just that it felt like so many times I saw guys being able to drive past him just because he was then tur- he was opening up his hips too much. Not like. I think a good prospect like the counter, like obviously much different players who are going to be playing much different roles, different draft slots. Like Franz Wagner has always been very good at like, he keeps guys in front of them. And it's like his body is square to them. Like they're right in front of their, when they have to drive, they're usually banging into his body then. Whereas Deuce, it feels like they're kind of, he's running side by side with them sometimes the way he opens himself up to them, which I don't particularly like. And then I also think I noticed that, I mean, he, again, this is the problem just being like a six, two guard, but when he's jumping backward or like when he's like guys are coming at him, he's not really affecting them at the rim. I saw too much, like didn't see him much like, cause jumping backwards is like a defensive skill. Like if the, I mean, the most memorable example is like Draymond green is it's the weirdest thing to be the goat at, but Draymond green is like the goat jumping backward defender. Cause he just somehow can like magically keep his arms in the exact spots. He needs still elevates his high knees. Doesn't lose strength while he's doing it. The deuce like, can't do that and well that's obviously a nitpick that's a very hard skill to develop it does matter that he doesn't have it especially as he's getting a little over aggressive and letting guys to the rim and giving up these angles so that's just my worry is that like I said I'm I mean I'm obviously just a little bit lower on deuce as a prospect Mm -hmm. than you but it's like like I feel like when I think about him overall as a prospect and like he can definitely play on offense it's just like I think he can score a little bit as a guard and at least isn't and will at least pass like teams will not just like double him because they know he's not going to hit passes like they know he'll he'll get some chances to score and I think he can do it but and then defensively I like I don't think I don't know I'm like wavering between whether he can be a positive or a negative because it's sort of tell the NBA level because NBA offenses are really freaking good they are almost all of them like with a very few exceptions are very hard to stop and you make mistakes you usually get punished for them and again at the at his size like you just have less of a margin for error like not everyone's Joel Embiid where Joel can make a mistake but as long as he's somewhere near the rim by the time the shot goes up that's probably a good thing because mm-hmm. he's 7-1 and he has incre- incredible strength leaping ability all those things so I just like worry about a guard whose role a guard whose main offensive attraction is scoring and defensively I have some like problems the way he approaches it and just the things he gives up I think that I think that there's a possibility that a lot of the a lot of your your concerns are just a product of the Bob Huggins West Virginia thing. Like he could very easily not to say that he will. He could he could have like a mentality thing that he he doesn't understand the game, which I don't expect, but is absolutely possible. I, but, I wouldn't say like I would never want to say don't understand the game because it's like mm-hmm. I mean most of these guys yeah of course get this level. I would say yeah. like I think he. Like you said, I think it's very much the overconfidence thing and just like maybe betting on the betting on the wrong things while he's on the court. I think that there's a possibility that he gets into an NBA program and he presses, you know, Steph the first time he gets burned and his assistant coach says, hey, don't do that. And then he just doesn't, you know, like he, then he like, he, like, I think that the stuff that you could be concerned about are very coachable things. And I think at the end of the day, I value production and versatility very highly in my like draft philosophy. And he was a very productive sophomore that was also very versatile on a very good team. You know, West Virginia wasn't like a slouch of a team. And they were better after 
uh, Toshibwe left early in the season. And I really value the fact that he has multiple paths to a successful NBA career. You know, I, I think I'm a little bit higher on the passing than you are even admitting that he's yeah, certainly you, not a, I mean, we've gone through this pot. I, I mean, it's, yeah. I don't hate Deuce, but it's pretty sure it's pretty clear. You, you like him a little bit more than me. Yeah, of course. So I, I think, I do think that he will have some equity as a backup point guard. And I think that that is valuable because of his off ball equity, right? Like, a backup point guard, if you're drafting someone to be a backup point guard for 12 minutes a game, A, probably isn't going to play high-quality playoff minutes with your stars, right? Because your best player is usually the ball handler. But the fact that he has on-ball and off-ball equity allows him to be in those lineups with the stars and be helping your offense during regular season games where he's running that backup point, even though maybe he won't be necessarily on the Sixers with their guard influx and all of that. But I think the multiple avenues of success sets him up to be in a good place um, just as a prospect. I, I do understand the Sixers' concerns with the lack of size, and they already do have a lot of guards. But I think overall, there, are, there aren't very many of these, like after you get through the top 15, 16, I think out of the similar to Deuce McBride prospects, let's call them, like the uh, Jared Butler all of those next level, like next level down guards, I would prefer Deuce to everybody but Butler. A fully healthy Butler is the only one of those guard prospects that I would take over Deuce. Yeah, but Butler's really good. Uh, actually, I have an episode talking about him planned for the future. Um, yeah, yeah. The, very ho- very much hoping Jared Butler's okay because uh, for people who know, it's like, I think it's a heart condition, right? That they're like checking yeah. for. Um, they, yeah, there has been... I think I there was a little bit of buzz from a couple couple different places through the year that like this might pop up and then it did, you know. So I, I think it's serious enough that he was concerned about it last year. Mm. And I th- I'm really hoping that he's okay because he's yeah. an awesome prospect and obviously his health comes way before and, anything as a prospect. And someone personally, I like it's he's there for the Sixers. I am very much uh yeah. very much interested in Jared Butler. Um no, I definitely like like you said, like it feels it feels like sometimes it gets overblamed to like pin a prospect's flaws on the context. Cause I mean, these are generally college coaches as much as they get ragged on college basketball. Like mm-hmm. they are good. They're coaching for a reason. Like Bob Huggins has won a lot of games, but yeah. I do think there is very true is that the context maybe hid some of like M- his NBA potential. I just, I do worry about like you're betting a lot on just like, that's yeah. how it's changing. Like I'm, I'm not even entirely sure it's necessarily just context as much as like usage order right like he was the guy at West Virginia but he's obviously not no matter what the context is right just like his role was primary ball handler at West Virginia but you know that that's not going to be his role in the NBA so I, I think at least in my like what I try to do is take myself out of that and start to envision what his skills look like if he's the fourth option on offense, you know? And so it's not even necessarily that he was put in a bad context. Cause a lot of guys, if you're going to go play in the NBA, usually you're the best team guy on your college team, but then it, it like, it takes that step to kind of almost imagine what he looks like in that role and take the little pieces of him playing with like Taz Sherman and stuff like that off ball and using those clips to like 
kind of start to put the pieces together of what he looks like as a fourth, fifth option on offense or that kind of thing. And just that exercise gave me a little bit of confidence that this really productive player that wants to guard and has the tools to guard kind of tones down into a really helpful rotation player that could maybe be a fifth starter on a team like the Sixers that has, you know, a couple years down the road that has that jumbo creator to take a little bit of the, the, um, the weight off of his shoulders, not, not to go off the Sixers topic, but the Clippers are a fit for Deuce that I like a lot because they already have the Kawhi guy that is going to have the ball in his hand, but they're not a great passing team and they don't need a proactive passer. They need somebody to get the ball to their finishers where they need the ball. And Deuce has that and also doesn't need someone else because they don't have a lot of great creators either. He doesn't need someone to create looks for him so he can get his own looks and he can create looks for, uh, for others. So I think that role next to a bigger wing, maybe not Ben ideally, but next to a bigger wing is a really appealing fit for Deuce because he gets those reps with your star player. And I still, like we talked about, I, I still think he has equity with the ball in his hand. Yeah. I mean, one thing I would say maybe counter that is just like, if you're a guard who like, when they use the phrase needs a bigger wing next play them, that's usually not a great thing because like those guys do not exist a ton. It's usually saying something about your lack, lack of skills in a certain area. If you need that kind of, you need the bigger wing who then maybe is taking on the primary playmaking, the primary role. Like it does probably say something about that. Um, I will, I just one last thing I want to ask, like does Deuce like almost being 21, obviously not super old, but like not freshman age, like, does that play any part in terms like how you, I mean, I'm just trying to think like, cause we're thinking here, like, Oh, if we take it, if we scale him down mm-hmm. and he kind of really hones in on these things, he's really great. at, And he has a productive role. Like how much do you think like just being aged? Like I would say he's a fine age to enter the draft right at 21, but you know, like just not like super young. Like there are like, this isn't like you're drafting um, Poku last year where he's 18. Yeah. Like literally you have forever to, trying to develop him he's certainly not a ball of clay and i will say one last point before i get into that i think that the the job of smaller guard next to bigger wing is becoming a more prominent and will be continue to become more prominent over the next couple years with you know there's at least 10 of those in the league right now we have Cade coming up and with the youth league empowering their bigs and all of that i think that that's a more popular job description in the next couple of years but I, I think that by any measure, Deuce had a productive season as a sophomore, right? He wasn't super efficient, but he was good. He was a good college basketball player. And if I'm not drafting youth, I want to be drafting production. And as far as sophomores go, he was, I think, the second highest scoring sophomore in my model after Franz on just like a pure box score scat scanner kind of thing. And he checked a lot of boxes um, on the analytics side of a guy that is going to guard and be versatile, just like basic stuff that I throw around. And if I'm not going to be drafting a guy trying to turn them into something like that young ball of clay that we're like pokey or something like that, and I'm looking for role players, which the Sixers are in a position to be doing right now, 
I want it to be the guy that has production. You know, like I don't want to be drafting not to have Kai Jones catch a stray, but I don't want to be drafting sophomore Kai Jones that is built around potential, but hasn't really produced yet. Like if I'm taking guys that aren't freshmen, I want them to be productive players that are going to scale into the role that I want. And Deuce hits those boxes, at least for me, you know, I'm not going to try to change your mind. I know you're not going to try to change mine. No, no, like you, I mean, I still think I'm overall lower on Deuce, but I mean, you definitely brought up some really great points um, that have kind of made me at least feel more optimistic. Like, Mm. I'm sure like if the Sixers draft him, it probably wouldn't be my choice. I don't think it's a disaster, probably. But yeah, yeah, it's more of a like guard influx problem that I think it's it's definitely more of a guard influx problem than like he's a bad basketball player problem, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, definitely great points. Uh, I think that's going to wrap it up for us today. Uh, CJ, thank you so much for doing uh, this with me. Uh, Just a really great time talking to you. Uh, yeah, this was plug, great. I yeah, uh, I kind of uh, like your your Twitter where you're writing, where people can find your work, everything. Sure. First, I, I kind of like I'm from Philly, right outside of Philly. I kind of grew up on Liberty Ball, Ballers, so it was cool to talk to you, be on the platform. But second, you can find me at CJ Marchesani on Twitter, um, writing for the Stepian. My site, Roll Call Sports, has some great draft stuff. And if you're just interested in what I'm working on or the projects that I have going on. My pin tweet on Twitter is like a thread of everything I've been working on the last six months. And you can feel free to check that out and ask me any questions you may need. Yeah. And CJ's a great guy with a lot of great insights into the draft. Uh, just one more time is Twitter, just because my last name might be a little hard to spell for some people. It's at CJ M A R C H E S A N I CJ Marchesani. CJ, thank you so much for talking to us. Thank you all for listening to Sixers draft podcast. Please, uh, for the Liberty Pollard podcast feed, subscribe, rate, review, all those good things. Really appreciate it. Pushing out a lot of content for you guys, even of the Sixer season haven't ended almost like it's getting close to a month ago now. But uh, yeah, draft still a few weeks away. And thanks for talking to some Miles Juice McBride with me today, CJ. This was great. Anytime. Thank you very much.